evidence and answers. Tune to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Each week, Pat and his guests provide compelling answers to today's top questions. In part one of this broadcast, Pat will be interviewing Dr. Stuart Kelly and discussing postmodernism and how we are to understand its effects today. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast. All of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Here's our host, Pat Zucran, with his guest, Dr. Stuart Kelly, with part two of this interview. Yes. Uh, one thing you stated there is that uh, we really cannot know the truth about reality. And, you know, the definition of truth is telling it like it is, the facts, what conforms to reality or the real world around us. And postmodernism, as you state, believes that you really cannot know the true world around you or reality. If you can't know reality or the world around you, really you, you can't have an objective, universal definition of truth. I, am I on target there in my uh, understanding of postmodernism and their definition of truth? Yes, you are. In the late 1930s in France, two prominent French thinkers were uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, S-A-R-T-R-E, and, and Albert Camus. They rejected a lot of traditional values, but when um, Hitler and the Nazis invaded France, they both realized that they had to admit that there were certain standards in order to condemn Hitler. And by the end of World War II, both Sartre and Camus moved away from their views in the 1930s that there were basically no standards. Hitler, in some sense, made them see that some things are simply wrong and we humans need to stand against them. Yeah, so how did we get to the point, you know, in modernity or in modernism, they were very confident that they had a good understanding of truth or the real world around us? But in postmodernism, they say you can't know truth because you can't know reality. How did we get to that point? Some of it is under the influence of people like Kant and Nietzsche who had genuine uh, doubts about our ability to know things. Some of it is a reaction to the awareness or the increasing knowledge that many societies uh, in Europe, for example, tended to oppress or treat badly uh, many groups of people, ranging from women to people from African descent to Jews and so forth. And so they began to have doubts as to whether there were any worldviews or big stories or meta-narratives that, uh, that treated all human beings well. And rather than keeping the good and throwing out the bad, they sort of, they, many of them sort of threw out the baby with the bathwater, as the expression goes. They threw out everything. So if, if truth is not based on the reality that is outside of us, then what is the basis of truth in the postmodern era? How do we define truth? Some of them clearly, Foucault, for example, argues that traditionally or historically that power tends to lead to oppression. And as Christians, there's, there's no reason we can't cautiously agree with that, that if you give humans 
too much power in government and elsewhere that that often leads to poor treatment of the people. Foucault and others fail to see that Christianity not only doesn't oppress people, but in fact it liberates people from sin and the, the hold of, that sin has on the life of all those who, who don't know Jesus as their Savior. So for many in the post, you know, who embrace the ideas of postmodernism, truth is determined by the culture or truth is determined by those who are in power is what you're saying? Some of both. There's a tension. There's a tension there. They certainly believe that our culture and environment pretty effectively shapes our view of the world, and that we, for the most part, lack the ability to rise above our culture and know reality in, in some kind of transcultural sense. And traditional Christianity certainly claims that the the Bible is a source, I think you used the phrase earlier, that uh, of sort of transcultural truth that applies to everybody, no matter where they live and when they live. Sin is a universal problem, and so there's a, a universal need for a Savior. So in postmodernism, well, in according to those of us, you know, hold to the Christian worldview, you know, truth is something we discover. It's outside of us. We discover it, and we conform to the truth that is outside of us, whether in the real world around us or in divine revelation of God's Word. But in postmodernism, then, if we cannot know reality, if divine revelation really is to be questioned, then it seems like in postmodernism, truth is created by the individual or the culture or those in power. Is that a correct assessment? Uh, yes, it is. They often like to use the word constructed, which means pretty much the same thing as created. And truth is literally what, what you and or your culture um, make it out to be. And so in that sense, there are many truths, sort of local truths, but there's no way to judge between them. It's a variation on the idea that Many have put forward that, that all religious faiths somehow lead to the same God or, or something of that sort. Now, that has tremendous implications, uh, not only for our culture, but, you know, the Christian faith. Uh, how does that affect Christianity or Christian belief? It undermines Jesus' claim in John that, that he's the way and the truth and the life and that no one comes to the Father but through me, if he's not the only mediator between a perfect God and sinful humanity, then there's certainly, I think humans are in trouble in general, and there's certainly a lot of confusion as to who or what we should turn if, if Jesus is not the only way. So it would radically undermine sort of... I mean, the, the gospel and traditional Christianity. Yes, and do you see, you know, what are some examples of its effect upon the church today? Well, I mean, there's, especially in the U.S., the West Coast, perhaps more, more than anywhere else, there's a movement away from some traditional parts of Christianity, whether it's the rejection of human sinfulness or... Some have suggested that 
Christianity is somehow true, but it's they put forward a view a version of universalism where everybody sort of ends up in heaven no matter what they believe. And in that sense, it's diluted some of the the traditional claims of Christianity that set it apart from other worldviews. Yes, I know it has tremendous effect on our evangelism. I know that uh, when you're on the high school or university campus now and you proclaim that this is indeed truth, you're seen as intolerant or arrogant or ignorant even to think that you have, you know, the truth and those who, you know, have contrary beliefs about God and salvation are somehow wrong. And many Christians don't like to share their faith because of the backlash they're going to receive from the culture because the culture holds to a position that really nobody can have the truth. Is that something you're seeing? Uh, Very much so. And as you mentioned any claim the truth is often met with the claim that that somehow is intolerant. I ask my students the simple question, should everyone be tolerant? And if they answer yes, of course, then they're admitting that there's one standard that is above each and every culture. And so the idea that everybody should be tolerant actually supports the idea that there's that there's at least one universal moral standard. So I try to show them that if tolerance is genuinely good, that idea has important consequences. Yeah, you know, when I'm on the university campus especially and we are talking about all kind you know, different issues, whether it's history or philosophy, theology, religion, ethics, often you know, one of the first questions I get is, how can you say that? Because you can't know reality. And that's, uh, you know, I'm often, well, I'm no longer stunned, but I used to be when students first said, well, you can't know reality. And that often puts Christians right back on their heels wondering, okay, now where exactly do I start with this guy? Yes. I think as Christians, I mean, we're committed to the idea that if God had not revealed himself in Scripture, then what many people claim about not being able to know the truth or reality would be an accurate assessment of our situation. But since God has revealed himself in Scripture, and especially in you know the life and work of Jesus Christ, by his grace, we're able to know God and know about God and uh, communicate that with our fellow humans. Yes, yeah, so if God does exist, then changes the ball game. But if God does not exist, then really what the postmodernists are saying would be true because no person is omniscient and all-knowing and has the, you know, objective, omniscient view of reality. And so it would be, I think their position might have a lot of truth if God does not exist. But if he does, as you're saying, it, it would change the whole ball game. I think that's, yeah, that's very much correct. There's a wonderful short story by the American writer Flannery O'Connor, who was a, um, I would call her an evangelical Catholic, and it's called A Good Man is Hard to Find, and in the story, there's somebody who's doing bad things and living for himself, and then he's presented with the gospel, and there's a line in the story where he says that Jesus 
sort of threw everything off, that rather than be being left to a living life the way we want, that there are uh, higher standards that we're all confronted with that we, we need to uh, answer to and account for. Yes, so often, you know, when I'm speaking before an audience now, non-Christian, of course, is one thing, but even Christians, I can no longer assume that they believe there's such thing as absolute and objective, all-embracing truth, or that they are seeing things from a theistic worldview perspective. So often, before I get into my message, whatever it may be, I have to do an apologetic that God exists, and since God exists, truth is rooted you know, in God, and he has revealed it to beings made in his image who can discover truth. So often I got to start there before I can start presenting truths from the Bible. Is that what you're finding there, even in Christian audiences? Uh, very much so. You have to lay some important groundwork to get everybody sort of uh, on the same page and starting roughly speaking, and sort of in the same ballpark before you can move on to more advanced claims about reality or Christianity or whatever the case might be. Yes. Now, another, you know, basic tenet that you bring up in your book that I often run into is the problem of language. You know, can language communicate truth? And, you know, one of the examples you bring up, which I'm often, you know, non-Christians or even Christians throw it in my face is, you know, language cannot communicate truth about reality. For example, blue. What do you mean by blue? Light blue, dark blue? You have a understanding of blue that might be different from mine. Or when I say the word father, you might be thinking of a loving man who provided for your family. I might be thinking of an abusive man who was an alcoholic. Another guy might be thinking of father. Guy never existed, never came home. So you, you see there's all these nuances in language, cannot communicate objective truth. It, you know, that's one of the major tenets about uh, postmodernism, isn't it? Very much so. I think as Christians we need to emphasize that the ability that you and I and others have to communicate with others assumes or presupposes that language does have some ability to grasp reality and make connections. And if language were as weak and incapable as many make it out to be, then communication between humans would be far more difficult than it actually is. So how do you respond to someone who says, well, blue, what is blue? What do you mean by blue? See, you, you can't really communicate truth. Or hot and cold. I mean, hot to me might be cold to you, you know, or just warm. So you see, language cannot really communicate the truth about reality there. How do you respond to people who bring up those kinds of arguments? Well, one, I pray a lot. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. But secondly, I try, to, I try to start with examples that people would agree with are true. So when we say that John Kennedy was assassinated or the Holocaust took place uh, or that there was a Great Depression in the United States in the 1930s, all of those things can be established and we can use language about all those that, that sort of accurately captures them. 
And so if you can get people to agree that language works well some of the time, then you can open the door to, to the idea that it works when we make certain important claims about God or about the Christian faith. Yes, yeah, so to say, you know, language can communicate truth accurately and totally, well, that's an overstatement there, but saying language cannot communicate concepts that are true, that's an overstatement to the other side. The Christian position, uh, you know, how would you state it? Or the true uh, position, rather. I would say that it's somewhere between those two extremes. When we watch the news or read the newspaper, or listen to a friend, or merely read a book, we're committed to the idea that, let's say for reading a book, that the author has something to say, and that the words uh, on the page are a helpful tool in communicating what the author has in mind. When you or I or someone else says that C.S. Lewis is a great author, not just our opinion. It has a lot to do with the words on the page and, and what those words refer to and to the reality behind them. So we don't communicate perfectly, but we can communicate well enough to, you know, for everyday life to work and our jobs and communicating uh, with others on a daily basis. So those are some of the two big tenets of postmodernism, which seem to me to be self-contradictory, you know, to say there's no such thing as truth, where you're making statements of truth, to say language, you know, cannot communicate truth, where you're communicating truth using language. I remember reading some postmodern thinkers, I think it was Richard Rorty or others, talking about how language cannot communicate truth, all the while, you know, he's writing a book communicating what he believes to be is truth. So I find it self-contradictory. Do postmodernists not find their philosophy self-contradictory and it kind of just implodes on itself? I think it does. They don't like to admit that. If you read Rorty's critics in the philosophical literature who, who are not, you know, Christians, they absolutely rip him, his shortcomings, and for um, sort of how little he leaves us to hold on to. So... On the one hand, he wants to say he has certain political views he wants us to share, but then he admits, on the other hand, he doesn't really have any objective reasons why we should share those beliefs. So, Or Stanley Fish, who, who would write entire books about how, about how language or text don't communicate. But yeah, it's hard to see how they could do what they do without realizing that some of the time, at least, they contradict themselves. Yeah, I see post these postmodern ideas that you talk about being very destructive to a particular culture that embraces them. I mean, if truth does not exist, then you're going to have to conclude moral absolutes does not exist. And if language cannot communicate objective truth, there's tremendous implications and of a culture that embraces this kind of ideology. And I think a culture that accepts post modern tenets is, is a culture that is just going to uh, implode upon itself. I completely agree on that, and you see, again, European countries like France, where serious belief in God is fairly unusual, and where there's a breakdown of many um, traditional values. Right, so 
His postmodern ideas not only have great implications for the church, but the health and welfare of our nation and a culture as well. What is the mission of the church then in the postmodern culture? I think it would begin with trying to figure out where modern culture is, trying to sort of define our location, so to speak, and then doing our best uh, to show and to demonstrate that the, the gospel is still truthful and is the, the only genuine hope for humanity that's sinful and separated from God. I think you bring up a great point in that Christianity, you know, is never preached in isolation. It's, it's preached in a context of a culture and its ideas. Often the ideas oppose the gospel message of Christ. So we need to understand postmodernism and its basic tenets because those are the ideas that really compete or hinder, you know, our preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, very much so. It's had a huge influence, um, not only in modern culture, but in in sort of modern academics, especially in uh, theology, but also in uh, literature departments. Again, we need to be able to articulate sort of the reason for the the hope within us. Well, you know, we went from pre-modern to modern to post-modern. It seems to me like Postmodernism, you know, if our country doesn't fully embrace it and implode upon itself, uh, where do you think we're, you know, Western culture is going after postmodernism? Is there something you see coming after that? I'm not sure I could. I know enough to uh, to come up with a, an educated guess on that. I mean, there've been a lot of sort of surprising twists and turns over over the centuries. I would guess more of the same. And Christians just need to be well informed and you know present uh, the gospel. I think Christians need to be especially careful about treating all people with uh, respect and kindness. And I think that goes a long way with getting a a hearing from the non-Christian world. that We need to present the truth and love. I think that opens a lot more doors than just focusing sort of on on the truth of the matter. Truth and love go hand in hand is what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. Many of these ideas are important to understand. We need to understand the culture and the powerful ideas around us. This is a great book. We've been talking about Understanding Postmodernism, authored by Stuart Kelly and his colleagues James Du. Dr. Kelly, if people want to understand more about postmodernism, what are some resources that you could recommend for us? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff online. I know you have some good resources on some of your websites. Another good book on the matter is James Sire, who's written The Universe Next Door, I think which is now up to its third or fourth edition. And uh, it's a very fine overview of a number of worldviews, including postmodernism. And he lays it out very nicely and works from an evangelical Christian perspective, and he writes very well. I would highly commend his work, something Christians could consult on the matter. Fantastic. You've been listening to our interview with Dr. Stuart Kelly, professor there at Minot University in North Dakota, author of this great book, Understanding Postmodernism, which we recommend to you all. So, Dr. Kelly, thanks for being with us here on Evidence and Answers. Thank you, Pat, and wish you a good day.
Once again, our time has come to a close. We're so thankful that you've joined us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold a conference, please give us a call. That's 4830586. Or you may contact him through our Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers relies on generous support from you, our listeners. To keep this broadcast on the air, you have the opportunity to donate. Head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles, additional audio, as well as Pat's books. Be sure to share our website with your family, your friends, and your church. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran.